everyone. It may be hot outside, but we are chilling in the state house, Kansas's coolest state government and politics podcast. Award-winning state government and politics <laughs> and, podcast. And we have an award to our name. I'm Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal's state house team. I'm joined, as always, by my uh, comrade in chill, Jason Alatid. Jason, how are you, sir? Doing well, thank you. It's a holiday weekend. That's true. Uh, happy Independence Day. Happy 4th to all of you listeners. Uh, maybe it is your drive to go visit family, and uh, we are happy you chose to listen to Chillin' in the State House. Of course, we'd like a little independence from this heat dome we've been experiencing, uh, experiencing the last couple of days. But That very hot voice you hear, hot in many ways. Hot? I, I think I'm chill, Andrew. <laughs> John Hannon, the Associated Press, the chillest, hottest man around. All right, yes, that's a contradiction, you're hot but I am you're a contradiction. <laughs> so many Katy Perry. I was, I was singing Firework before we started, and oh, we got, okay. Well. Wasn't there like uh, a Rankin-Bass Christmas special a year without, what, what the, it was the Santa Claus is coming to town, that's what it was, and they had two characters, the Heat Meister and the Cold Meister, and... Okay, clearly kind of, not. No, a, I know. I know what you're talking about. I, I, yes, I was a child. I, ABC's Twenty Five Days of Christmas. I, yes, I watched yes. beautifully. As One a of child. the great Christmas specials of all time. Not as good as How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but that is the Citizen Kane of Christmas specials. It's Christmas in July and chilled in the state house. Well, in July is right around the corner, and that means only one thing. <laughs> like, like within seven hours here. That's true. Yeah, we're recording this on Friday. So it's not yet July. By the time you listen to it, it will be. Jason, that means one and only one thing. Laws are taking effect. Yes, they are. Uh, a plethora of laws. You can read about a few of them at cjonline.com. Uh, one that you have heard us talk about, uh, some various abortion-related laws. There's $2 million in funding to the Alternatives to Abortion program. A pot of money, as it were. And the... Uh, the treasurer's office is getting ready to bid out uh, for a contractor to run this. Uh, the RFP is not yet out there as of the recording of this podcast, but I was told the documents are pretty much in line for it. And at the start of the fiscal year on July 1st, uh, that's when the money is uh, there for the taking of the... I guess the lowest bidder or the best bidder. Uh, we have a new uh, uh, abortion pill regulation requiring that notification be given that the effects of mifepristone may be reversible and that is required to be told to the patients regardless of the medical veracity of that claim. And that, there, there are some medical groups that would describe the regimen uh, suggested by anti. Uh, well, it was pioneered pioneered by a doctor in California, I believe, about 15, maybe longer than fifteen years ago. It's been touted by the anti-abortion movement ever since. Major medical groups, thinking the, uh, I think the American Medical Association and the 
uh, American College of Obstetrics uh, and Gynecologists, if I remember, ACOG is the acronym, and um, they argue that it has not been proven it's ineffective, and they argue that it could be, in some circumstances, potentially dangerous. And Andrew, even though that law goes into effect on July 1st, it gets a little asterisk because of a court case. Yeah, it will not be enforced. Uh, The attorney general and abortion clinics that are challenging that, uh, the new requirement, plus the broader statute that is part of, they agreed, we're not going to enforce this until after a judge rules on the abortion clinic's request for uh, a court order to block the implication of that law. And I know we wanted to talk about other laws, too, but that's just such a great segue of well, no, non-enforcement let, of a law. <laughs> let's, fin- let's finish with it, the, because there are a couple other interesting ones. Um, Fentanyl test strips was yeah. a, uh, some have described it as the one of the biggest bipartisan wins of the session. And that's a trend that's been going on across the country of uh, legalizing these test strips so that so that people who get drugs can test their drugs to make sure there's not fentanyl in them. Um, right, because fentanyl is kind of unique in that um, it is cut into other drugs, but it is difficult to ascertain when you when you acquire the drugs. Yeah, how much is in there? Whether it's in there, we've seen instances where people buy what they think are pain pills or, or prescription pills that are otherwise legal, but actually they contain fentanyl and they overdose and die, even though they did not think they were buying anything illegal. Um, and the idea is harm reduction advocates say that uh, uh, this is a really good idea to just make sure that we keep people alive, can get them into treatment. And, uh, you know, even as fentanyl increases in the state, avoid those increases becoming fatal. Well, and the, and the, the resistance to this had been that we, we are talking in many cases about people who are using illegal drugs and would this make it quote unquote safer to use illegal drugs and therefore encourage it you know this is part of a longer longer debate about uh, addiction being uh, viewed as a moral failing versus a, a disease right. i mean we, we have enough information now to know that it very much is a disease and uh it is particularly opioid addiction is very very hard to shake off it's not a question of willpower but uh, a question of brain science and um uh, some really interesting developments going on there and and from drugs to tobacco there's the tobacco 21 Mm -hmm. uh though uh that new law did not include a provision that people tried to get into ban smoking at casinos uh, where you can still smoke and it's like pretty much the last place that it is acceptable to smoke really well as you know as long as you're you're uh going uh as long as you're uh in moral depredation for gambling you might as well get lung cancer <laughs> right and the uh the to biggest kind of hurry your your uh descent into hades along right to, <laughs> if you're thinking about like carry nation along those lines and while there have been efforts in the past to move the legal age for tobacco to 21, 
what really pushed it over the line this year was that we could have lost, I think, a couple million dollars in federal funding mm-hmm. without this new law. Kind of like back when states were basically being forced to raise the drinking age from 18 to 21, they were threatened with losing, I think it was highway funding, right, at, at, at that time. And this is kind of the same thing. The feds say, you know, you, you really got to Kansas and Missouri, which both have did it in the last year, were are two of the last holdouts. So uh, that will change tomorrow. And then on alcohol, if you like to drink your <laughs> we're, booze, we're, we're going the public, other way on alcohol. Laws. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it, if you here in Topeka want to go to Noto, get a drink from a bar or a glass of wine from an art place and cross the street to Redbud Park for a concert. Event organizers might be able to accommodate that now. Uh, there was already a common consumption law put into statute a few years back, but it required that the roads be blocked off. And the new law allows police to leave the roads open so that way. You could go to a bar on one side of the street and go to the park on the other side of the street with your beer in hand. Uh, it could also apply to like getting a beer from Iron Rail and going to Evergy Plaza. Well, and, and now the interesting thing about that is uh, Noto, of course, is a part of Topeka where uh, Carry Nation, I believe, if I'm remembering my history, uh, smashed saloons with rocks and she smashed with rocks and axes. Um, and that sound in the background there is her turning over in her grave at the loosening of the alcohol laws. And anyway, that's a personal favorite to me because of my extracurricular activities. I like Carrie Nation stories. Your, your extracurricular activity is coming up later. That's right. The, 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 and it is relevant because the show is called The Drunkard. It is a Topeka institution. It, the play opened in 1960, and it's based on, it's a takeoff of a, whatever you want to call it, of an old temperance melodrama known as, it was called Ten Nights in a Barroom, and uh, it, w- it had quite the anti-drinking message. And John, you always play... The, the bartender, indeed. yes. I play the bartender. We yeah. encourage you all to go see it. Uh, it is good fun, and the uh, drinks are quite cheap at the VFW, so you can... There's some irony there, yes. yeah. You can, you can uh, in, indulge in the loosened alcohol laws since the days of... Right, so anyway, that happens July 1st. I can wander across, I can, I can get myself a beer, and go to the park and uh, enjoy whatever music is there, anything from oldies rock. Uh, maybe there's some local rap, probably some tuba tunes as well. And in, in the uh, your temperance event in remembrance is more fun than the one that was in Iola. <laughs> uh, it was a 5K. Uh, we didn't have Carrie Nation, but we did have Charlie Melvin who, if I'm remembering my Iola history correctly, uh, used some dynamite to blow up a bar. And now Lieutenant Governor uh, David Tolan, in a previous job, uh, set up a 5K and other events, including a drag show or drag race. Uh, let's, let's, yes. The, can we segue from there, Andrew? Yeah, but, 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 uh, but there was a 5K uh I was never, I never had the privilege of attending because I was always working on the farm or at Walmart. 
Well, and before we, <laughs> it is almost too good of an opportunity to pass up, but uh, if you, are, are you going to be taking Crumbles, the Chihuahua, out to uh, a, a brewery now? Because you can. Yeah, I mean. Starting I, tomorrow. I do not plan to take Crumbles to any breweries. The The closest she'll get is me drinking a Casey Boulevard on the couch. Crumbles uh, doesn't like margaritas being being a Chihuahua. No, but but she does like uh, her kibble. She likes her whipped cream, uh, a good occasional pizza crust. Uh, Simple but, pleasures. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But if you like to have your dog with you while you drink alcohol, it will now be easier uh, for state statute to allow your dog at a brewery. Uh, and if you want to take your dog with you to the restaurant, uh, you can do that as long as it's outside. Hmm. What what was the argument for keeping dogs out of breweries? Uh, I mean, it was a health code. Yeah, thing. some kind of uh, health code thing. And I, your dog cannot go behind the bar or into the kitchen. There's other rules too, but mm. uh, and I and I think the business establishment, of course, has to uh, be okay with the dog. Yeah. Well, you know, the, yeah, you're right. The segue just really isn't there. But uh, the big news of the week of the law that well, will the, be taking the, effect. the bill dealing with sports and athletes goes into effect, too. Oh, okay. Well, that would be a good – yeah, that that the, is true. And the, Keisha does have ready to go uh, the, the ban on transgender athletes. The High School Activities sports. Association, Keisha, yes. Uh, indeed, they have regulations ready to go where on the annual physical – that student athletes have to go through. They will inquire about sex. They will mark it on the form. And I believe if there are disputes over sex, then they will refer to the birth certificate and kind of go from there. Uh, do I have that right, John? Yes, yes, that is that is my recollection. And then at some point, if it gets to it, there that you can rely on a doctor's exam and the uh, Activities Association is not going to tell a doctor how to do that. But the other big anti-transgender rights law that goes into effect on Saturday is getting a little spicy. It is. It's getting very interesting. Uh, Senate Bill 180, that's the that's the one that um, it defines uh, male and female based on, uh, it says there are two sexes, male and female, based on your reproductive, your biological reproductive system at birth. Um, women have systems developed to produce ova eggs and men have systems designed to, uh, develop to fertilize those ova or eggs. And, um, yes, uh, the, and, and if you're wondering, didn't I just hear about that on the podcast? The you did. Is, yes. yes. But we have some big developments since we last recorded. Yes. So, well, the attorney general, Chris Kobach, a conservative Republican had a news conference and in that news conference, uh, he discussed. The last time we discussed this, we talked about how he was trying to dissolve a federal order consent decree that requires the state. It settled the lawsuit, but it requires the state to allow transgender people to change the listing for sex on their birth certificates to align with their gender identities. Now, of course, sex and gender are not quite the same thing. Uh, one is more biological, and the other one is a, is a social construct. 
But at any rate, that's been allowed since 2019. Um, driver's licenses, you can make the same change. What Kobach declared, uh, Chris Kobach declared, was that no, those are listings for sex. The new law defines sex in this way. Therefore, the only listing that can be on those documents is what you were assigned at birth. And therefore, a transgender person can't change uh, those listings on a, on a driver's license or a birth certificate. In addition, uh, the attorney general said the state has to go back and uh, reverse previous changes. Uh, in the past four years, there have been about 1,260 of those. 912 of them on birth certificates and 349 or so on driver's licenses. And there still have been a few people this past week who were making the changes. I mean, Andrew, you spoke with somebody this morning, Friday morning, at a protest. Yeah, well, it, John was also there. We were yeah. we were talking to some folks who, who literally on Monday when the attorney general was uh, giving his interpretation of the law were in the office changing their, their driver's license mm-hmm. and... Uh, and we expected that the governor perhaps would not agree with the attorney general's view of this law. We got that confirmed on Thursday when she put out a statement clarifying that while she told state agencies to follow what their in-house counsel uh, believed the law to be, the Kansas Department of Revenue, which uh, of course includes the driver's license offices across the state and the Kansas Department of Health and Environment, which includes the Office of Vital Statistics and Birth Certificates, uh, both viewed that the law did not affect them and they would continue to allow transgender individuals to change the gender marker. Uh, well, the Attorney I, General immediately promised to sue. Yes, we will see you in court, his statement said. Um, what was interesting about that is the background that the, uh, the background memo that the governor's office provided, it did mention this consent decree. Um, in, in addition to that, it said the law isn't retroactive and it might not even be possible to do a good job of uh, changing back records. Well, and it also raised the issue of if someone moves here from out of state, Kansas has basically no control over their birth certificate. Exactly. I talked to... Uh, a University of Kansas uh, student, uh, a transgender man, and his birth certificate, though he's lived, I think, most of his life in the in Johnson County, uh, his birth certificate is actually from Illinois. So, and again, and this came up at the news conference. I mean, he's grown a beard and bulked up, and and so um, under Kobach's ruling, his driver's license the record that the state keeps has to revert to female and the next time he renews his license it will list him as female even though he uh, even despite his maleness he's male and he looks male uh in a pretty uh gender conforming way uh so if you met him you you and didn't know his history you know you wouldn't 
What what about the bathroom aspects of this? Because well, that's you, very you'd have somebody who presents Jason. as a male now being required potentially in certain jurisdictions to use a women's restroom. Yeah, and we should be clear. The attorney general and the governor's office do seem to be in agreement on some aspects of the law's enforcement, including that there is no, we should be clear on this, no statewide requirement that transgender individuals use restrooms, changing rooms, et cetera, that align with their sex assigned at birth. So this is not a bathroom bill. Where there is some discrepancy is the attorney general did say he believes the law would would give some legal cover for local governments who might want to pursue that. Some legal experts I've talked to say that me might be overstating things, but there still could be some political cover here. Um, but, John, it is interesting. I think that that is it one is area a, that, that the governor and the attorney general it, do it seem is. to be in agreement and, on. And what it, what it points it points out two things. Um, it, it points out the irony of this uh, because when the dis- debate was going on in the legislature – the focus was on facilities, bathrooms, locker rooms, um, rape crisis center, domestic violence centers, prisons, jails. And the argument was passing this measure the, and enacting this into law would protect uh, cisgender women uh, from transgender women going into their spaces. It would keep transgender women out of women's restrooms and locker rooms. That was the pitch. And it is, I mean, the governor, did, the, the, she didn't put it this way, but basically the governor's argument is that part of the law is completely toothless, that there, there are no criminal penalties for violating it. There's no way, there's no explicit enforcement mechanism there's no you know there's nothing that says you can file lawsuits so i in theory that seems to be more of just a broad policy statement and people can do with it what they will now of course transgender people believe that's going to basically encourage a lot of harassment that people who are really passionate about transgender women not being in women's restrooms and locker rooms will see this as permission to, if they think somebody is quote unquote suspicious to say something to, you know, if it's, if it's a business owner, if it's uh you know, if it's school, somebody like that. So they, as as one of the supporters of the bill, State Senator Beverly Gossage, uh, a conservative Johnson County Republican, I think she's, is she, uh, Eudora? Eudora. Is, Eudora. Yeah. is that she's technically in Doug- Douglas? Douglas? Yeah. yeah. Um, she said this empowers people to speak up. If they think something is amiss, they can go to other people and speak up. Well, Which is, of course, what trans people think will lead to harassment. Well, and we should say this is even the vital statistics and, and driver's license component could transgender folks say lead to harassment. Because if you go are going through airport security, even if you're like in line to get into a bar, you know, you're, you could effectively be or outing even, yourself. even using a credit card. Right. You, you could effectively be outing yourself by... Uh, you know, displaying that you are 
you know, you you present in a way that does not match with with on your driver's license. It it could signal to people you might not want to signal to that you were. Yeah, and and um, that that is the first thing, and that's kind of that's an interesting conundrum because a lot of trans people are out and openly trans. On the other hand, the uh, from the interviews I've done, the point is to live as as your authentic self, male or female, and not constantly have to explain who you are you know just just in the way as cis people we don't constantly have to explain you know for example that i don't know um diabetes runs in your family or your you know your ethnicity is this or that well, in going back to the lawsuit component, the attorney general has not yet sued. It's unclear when he might do so, but we're expecting it in relatively short order, perhaps even by the time you're listening to this. Um, and it's going to be really interesting. Uh, what he is likely going to do is uh, file what is a, called a writ of mandamus, which is trying to compel the governor to... do Basically to do what he views as her official duty. Yeah. And... She's not fulfilling her duties and it's a request that a judge order a court order her to to comply with the law and execute it. It, it that's an interesting one because the Kansas Supreme Court under the state constitution has original jurisdiction which means it can it can take all of those kinds of cases if it wants but sometimes they're filed in district court and the issue becomes there, there are usually two issues that decide how quickly it gets to the Supreme Court. The first one is how much of a record do you need? How much fact-finding do you need to do? And that's a job for the district courts. The second issue is can the district court provide the remedy? And if it can't, well, then eventually it has to get kicked upstairs. So this is one that's going to be sooner or later going right to the top. And you can expect a very uh, high-profile series of oral arguments uh, yeah. when it does. Well, and I'm interested in this because the, 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 the memo from the governor's office said that essentially the Department of Revenue concluded that this law does not prevent them from allowing transgender people to change their driver's licenses. But it really didn't, it wasn't, the, the memo we got wasn't really a detailed legal analysis of that. And as somebody who's probably read various versions of Senate Bill 180, including the final version, dozens of times, I would, I'm curious uh, to see a more detailed legal analysis because a plain reading of that law had LGBTQ rights people saying, yeah, it would prohibit people from changing their driver's licenses. I mean, that was something that came up pretty regularly. Every advocate I talked to thought it would prevent people from changing their driver's licenses. So, you know, while it was being debated, the language seemed utterly clear to people and what its effects would be. 
So it, it would be interesting to see what the legal arguments are that it doesn't do that. Well, I think we can expect both sides will be getting lots of questions from the justices. Uh, and I think as reporters, we will have lots of questions for both sides in the weeks to come. If you want to follow the twists and turns of SB 180 in court and really anything else going on in the month of July, Jason, where can folks do that at? At cjonline.com. That's where you'll find the Topeka Capital Journal. Or you can follow us at cjonline, or you can hit Jason up on the Twitter. At Jason underscore Alatid. I'm at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. And John, where can they find your work? Well, on Twitter, I'm at APJDHanna and then APNews.com, www.APNews.com. And as I mentioned last week, it's a it's a new interface, so I don't know about the backslash in the Kansas. I'm working on that. Um, how did we get this far without the obligatory Disney reference? Well, Jason. You, you know, the 4th of July is coming up, and I was trying to think of Disney movies with fireworks, and really all I can think of is Mulan. Uh, I'll spare you singing, I'll make a man out of you. And yeah, that that is the the uh, it's based on a very old story out of China um, about uh, about a young woman, a girl uh, slated to be married, uh, and she her father is called up to service her older father, and she doesn't think he's physically up to it. Uh, this is the Disney version, by the way, um, and so she cuts her hair gets his armor and his uh, old sword and uh, joins the army. And in the Disney version, there's some kind of dragon something voiced by Eddie Murphy uh, and Mushu. Mushu, yes. And it has some nice songs in it. And of course she saves, uh, she, de- she helps defeat the Huns. And, you know, there is, there is the, there is the uh, great, uh, the end of the show, she goes back home and the father, she's worried that the, she's worried that her father is going to be angry that she pulled this ruse off. And instead he tells her that the uh, greatest gift and honor is having you as a daughter. And that the, I said that at my daughter's wedding reception, and I'm sure many fathers have said the same thing. And this podcast, we should say, is mysterious as the dark side of the moon. Yes, indeed. And it's chill. Very, very chill. And award-winning. Did we mention that it's award-winning? And I can't remember if there are fireworks in this or not or mentions about it, but it is a great 4th of July holiday weekend show. Hamilton, that's on Disney Plus. Oh yes, Hamilton. Hamilton needs us to do their advertising. Yes, Hamilton, them. Hamilton. Yes, they I, need our they need our us to push Hamilton. I I I can't recall how many times I've thought I want to be in the room where it happens every time we've been kicked out of. Yeah, that, session. and I'm not gonna. I'm not. What is it? I'm not gonna give. A, I'm not gonna give up my shot. Or yeah, or or maybe if you uh, are tired of us talking, you would prefer the line talk less smile more <laughs> well if you want to listen to us talk more and smile more you can listen to back episodes of chilling in the state house uh for all your holiday travels when you're stuck in the airport for three days because united has canceled your flight we got you 
uh, 80, 80 whole back episodes. Uh, indeed. You can find those on 80 Spotify. delightful back episodes. Delightful, indeed. You can go through the full history of Chillin' in the State House from the beginning of the, the beginning of the debate over the anti-abortion amendment to the state constitution, uh, through the campaign, through its failure at the polls, through... Other political iterations. You can listen to the uh, State Fair Debate podcast where we yes. talk about Moink. I think Moink, that was on yes. the list of that was a episodes that helped get us the Moink, award. yes. I, I, yes, I, in September, I can't wait for Moink. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Moink, and much, much more. Gator on a stick. That's another one. Eat some hot dogs this weekend, some burgers. Uh, enjoy your enjoy your God-given right as an American to eat a hot dog or a hamburger. That is true. Or a broadwurst. Broadwurst. Wisconsin. Isn't, uh, isn't that German, though? Yeah. But, but we have plenty of Germans who settled here. I was going to say that... Uh, the great American melting yeah. pot. Jason? Andrew? John? Andrew? Jason? Stay chill, gentlemen. We we will need it. We will. Yes, we will need some chill. We'll have to spread our chill. You know, we should someday, in in honor of the looser liquor laws, we should someday move our podcast to Noto or something and do a live show. <laughs> that would be. That would certainly be the chillest. Yeah. In the state, but we wouldn't be in the state house. No, that's true. We we wouldn't be in the state house. See, the problem, the 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 problem is what we really need to do to be really really chill is do a special live episode from the Kansas like hemp festival or something. <laughs> maybe we're law abiding. We are law abiding. Oh, maybe it didn't have to be the Missouri Fico. hemp festival, wouldn't it? It's legal in Missouri, right? Is that Tony Mativi, head of the KBI, knocking on our door? We, we better wrap up before we get hauled off. Yes. Well, folks, have a great 4th of July weekend and holiday. Uh, stay chill. Enjoy some fireworks. Jason, stay safe. Don't yeah. get in the way of wheat harvest. Drink some wheat beer at home instead. Good advice. We'll see you out there, folks. Same time, same place next week. Have a good one, y'all.